Hi, this is Brian Standing, host of the Monday 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thanks so much for listening to the program. Hope you subscribe to our podcast. And if you really like what you're hearing, consider donating at wortfm.org. For the past 11 years, Madison has joined 11 other cities around the nation, participating in the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts Any Given Child program, which seeks to make sure all school children have access to arts education. The Madison Arts Commission has partnered with the Madison Metropolitan School District and a host of other organizations on Madison's Any Given Child initiative since its inception. Joining us now is Nick Pivich. Chair of the Madison Arts Commission. Welcome, Nick. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, also in the studio is Kia Carlin, a member of the Friends of the Madison mm-hmm. Arts Commission. Welcome, Kia. Good morning. And finally, we have Karen Wolf, City of Madison Arts Program Coordinator. Welcome, Karen. Good morning. So um, let's talk a little bit about any given child and and what um, are are there gaps in arts education that we're seeing in the Madison area right now? Who wants to take that? <laughs> Nick? Yeah, I would. So I am fairly new to the Any Given Child initiative. As you mentioned, it's been going on for quite some time. And what's fascinating is when you start to understand ways that things as simple as the ways that different facilities are structured with, you know, every middle school is not built exactly the same. Every high school is different. And the ways that things such as facilities interrupt with children's access to arts education. I know that recently the Madison Community Foundation gave a grant to Overture Center because currently there are only two middle schools that offer any theater programming at all in the entire Madison Metro School District. So Overture Center received a grant to um, program um, Disney musicals and schools to try to expand and work with the schools that have the space, the capacity, and you know the teaching Uh, the teaching staff that are able to give access to theater to young people. And obviously something like theater is a, that's a very labor intensive process. I mean, it's not, it's not something you can just do in a room with, you know, one teacher and and a bunch of students. Um, Is there staff or institutional support for those kinds of activities as well? Um, I would say that, right, the, the part of the joy of any given child and this kind of renewed excitement. So we, the three of us, along with six other people from Madison, all were in Washington, D.C. this past weekend to meet with all of the other any given child site um, people, you know, from all over the country. And there's a lot of excitement, I feel like, with staff at the school district, right? There were four members of the school district Um, a teacher, and then some more administrative district-level arts coordination people along with ourselves and trying to talk about what are the ways in which we can connect arts, you know, nonprofits that do educational programming. How can we get teaching artists into schools? What are the ways in which, you know, you smooth all of those, um, all of those kind of like difficult inter like pieces of interference that make it difficult to connect talented individuals who have a skill and an artistic passion and students who want to have exposure to arts and culture because you know the ways in which arts and culture allow young people to express themselves to grow to understand who they are in this world and so what are the ways that any given child this initiative can kind of help connect those two pieces at at the time that madison applied i know there was a 
a lot of concern at looking across all of the schools in the district and any given child focuses on kindergarten through eighth grade and looking at the the arts experiences available to students and on the one hand every every k through six student in madison and throughout the state gets a um, art, visual art and music instruction by certified teachers, which is actually something we learned that many, many parts of this country do not have. Mm. This is um, this is part of Wisconsin state legislative code that kids throughout the state at least get that level of arts instruction. But looking across the Madison schools, a lot of the other access to arts experiences depended almost wholly on the, the amount of money that that school's PTO could raise to support. So there were schools that were having lots of guest artists, lots of field trips, and other schools that didn't not and it was because of the um, dependence on sort of parents to kind of fill the funding gap and uh, Karen Wolf talk a little bit about um, the, the city's involvement in, in this in this program um, what is your role in trying to connect people with the any given child initiative exactly well it's a collective impact project and it was designed by the Kennedy Center to apply to participate you needed to have the highest um, levels of the city government so our mayor had to support it the largest performing art facility and of course the superintendent of schools so when we applied in 2010 um, we had that level of engagement that we all um, at a very high level the city and the and the arts community and the school district all believed that um, having equity across the schools for arts instruction was a big priority so um, you mentioned that you were just in D.C. and you met like uh, uh, people from similar cities like around the country. Um, and you mentioned a little bit that you learned about some things that Wisconsin is doing perhaps a little better mm -hmm. with arts education. What did you learn from some of our peers about things that maybe Madison area could do better in arts education? Nick? Um, I was amazed um, by the um, team of people in Missoula, Montana. They have a really great vetting process for teaching artists so a teaching artist proposes and says i want to do puppetry and i want to work with kids from kindergarten through third grade they design a lesson that's based around classroom curriculum there is kind of a vetting process to make sure that that teacher is you know well equipped has the lesson plan and then any teacher within the district is able to through a web portal just request that that teaching artist comes and then, you know, there's obviously fees and, you know, money that's kind of shifting around to compensate the person. But that that it's like shopping for what kind of artist you want to bring into your classroom based on your, you know, uh, uh, based on your uh, classroom's interests. So it's really amazing. And I know that there's been some of that that's been done here. But in Montana, it was extremely robust. Karen, what impressed you? I was impressed with some of the curriculum for training teaching artists. You know, Madison has a plethora of artists, but we want to make sure they have access to know how to do classroom management and all the all the skills you need to bring into the classroom. And some of those programs really have that well-developed. The term teaching artist um, sometimes gets interspersed with arts teachers and the difference is you know a teaching artist is a practicing artist who then gets some training to be able to do school residencies school assembly programs things like that and so mm -hmm. in the the communities where they don't necessarily have certified arts teachers which means someone who went and got a degree in arts education or music education they rely very heavily on bringing 
um, practicing artists into the schools to to provide that experience. So I think the Kennedy Center through this program has had a lot of focus on providing training materials that communities can use to help the artists in their community be most effective at working with kids in the schools. Now, when my son was in middle school, he was in band. And, uh, you know, often a lot of the events would take place after school, um, you know, at different locations, you know, for uh, sporting events or things like that, if they were playing in bands. And we noticed that some of his uh, uh, peers had difficulty with transportation, getting to events like that. Is there um, a focus on some of those practical aspects of making sure that people not only, that kids not only have access to arts education when they're in the classroom, but in some of those other activities where, you know, you can't get a school bus to get Mm -hmm. to, you know, say, Bree Stevens Field or something like that, Um, and to increase that level of participation for all people. Is there there equity considerations and those kinds of things as well, Kia? Absolutely, and I think... um, um, making sure communities strategize around that. That costs money also, um, transportation. Here in Madison, what we're seeing is that even when there is funding for school buses for out-of-school time activities, there aren't buses and bus drivers available. So Madison has a real problem right now just in terms of the shortage of drivers available. We've found, finally, I work at the Children's Museum, and we find, finally have money to pay for buses. That doesn't help if, if you can't, <laughs> if can't no find a bus driver, driver right. to drive them. Yeah. Right. So um, what's, uh, what's coming up with the Any Given Child initiative? What are you working on in the, the upcoming year or so? Karen? Um, well, we have a new arts administrator at the school district, Dan Davidson, and he's um, pretty exciting to work with. He was a former art teacher, former principal during the pandemic. So he's, he's been through uh, basic training, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he brings with him a very strong staff. So what we're looking for looking forward to is just kind of recommitting to this effort and coordinating with the school district and and just trying to set some realistic goals and and our goal is always arts education equity we want every child in madison to have access and how do you measure that well there are many measures i mean we can see are the schools how many arts professionals uh certified art teachers are in the schools how many visits to schools we have with teaching artists and other experiences, how many times they get to get out into the community and get to the overture to see performances or to the museums. Um, so we, we just have to continue collecting that data, and we've been doing that for a while to see where the gaps are and then make sure we meet those gaps. Now, uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I, one thing that's exciting is in two weeks um, with this uh, co- you know, this collaboration partnership with the school district at Overture Center and the city, we're going to be hosting a meeting at Overture Center of all the arts liaisons, which the school district kind of identifies as both like teachers and then also, I think, what like committed people that are interested in making sure arts is something that children have access to, to really kind of like get commitment. Because part of the difficulty with you know, with collective impact and with this specific project is you have policymakers, you have the administrative people, but at the end of the day, it's the teachers that are the ones that are doing the instruction in our classrooms, right? And so how do you get commitment from leadership, but also all the way down the chain to a principal at a school district, to a teacher in a classroom that doesn't teach art, and how to, and so this meeting in a couple of weeks is going to be an opportunity to really engage with those um, individuals that most directly interact with students on a daily basis. 
Now, you've mentioned this is a, a collaborative effort, and there's been a lot of investment in uh, children's arts uh, and youth arts. There's uh, a, a number of facilities being built out on East Washington Avenue with the Youth Symphony Orchestra <laughs> and the uh, My Arts uh, construction. Uh, Kia, you work with the Madison Children's Museum. How do you coordinate all this? I mean, it seems like you've got you know a tremendous number of players in there, each potentially with their own agendas. How do you sort of pull them all together? Well, it's exciting to see this sort of youth arts corridor taking shape on the Near East Side with My Arts up and running and the WISO, Wisconsin Youth Symphony Building, um, coming up. We do hear, you know, I've been on a few focus groups related to those projects and still there, there's there's the perception of some gatekeeping or that, you know, at this time, Madison Youth Youth Arts Center isn't set up as a place to drop in and just pop in and get an arts experience. So it's uh, they have great access and subsidized rates available for groups that run programming that kids register for um, to hold their programming there. But we're not yet at a we haven't yet recreated what Madison had long ago when the um, the teen loft was downtown and kids could just stop by after school without being enrolled in a program so we're um all these organizations are looking at that too and how do we how do we really open it up and what are the prospects for something like a teen loft uh being recreated it was very interesting to be in a focus group because um those of us who are in the sort of arts world want to just say yes throw the doors open and for folks who work with students in after school programs it's not nearly that simple so there were lots of questions around if anyone can walk in that also mean adults who maybe have no business there can walk you know how does there's balancing out um safety needs of youth and students participating with um this open doors idea so there's you know there's a lot to lot to work through i think all right, we've been speaking with Kia Carlin of the Friends of the Madison Arts Commission, Nick Pivich of the Madison Arts Commission, and Karen Wolf of the City of Madison Department of Planning and Community and Economic Development. Thank you all for joining us on the 8 o'clock buzz. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much.